Awesome. Welcome to Author News Weekly, the weekly news show by authors for authors. We read the news so you don't have to. Join our panel of best-selling authors each week as we take a deep dive into the publishing world, both indie and traditional. Author News Weekly. Yeah, whatever. Hey everybody, welcome to Author News Weekly. Got a, uh, we've got a bounty of authors here today. Five of us, if I'm counting right, and uh, six if we're counting the guy in Jim's background. Um, <laughs> is that the Tiger King himself? That is the Tiger King. Oh. Well, Jim's a big fan, so um, <laughs> Tiger King fan fiction coming. Um, hey, anyway, welcome to Author News Weekly. Um, we've got uh, Nick Thacker, we've got Pippa, we've got Dave, Jim, and me, Roland. And we are all uh, authors and been in the business for a long time. Usually we go around and inter introduce ourselves. We're still kind of getting into the swing of this. Um, we, I write primarily nonfiction. I help other authors do their nonfiction and put their books out there to the world. Dave's a cover artist. Um, yeah, Nick's got a lot of stuff going. He's helping a lot of authors, both in the, in, in the uh, thriller sphere and uh, just authors in general. Um, Five of authors. Five? Five? five right. of them multiple fives of authors yeah <laughs> yeah so many that's great and uh yeah so let's let's dive right in um the first thing is we have all seen in the past all of these uh stories about how authors don't make enough it's they can't even make enough it's uh it's poverty wages things like that and um as indie authors we've always kind of rolled our eyes because um, not that we make a ton more money, not that all indie authors make a ton more money, but those stories are always just so disingenuous or ill-informed. So there's a new one. The people at Ally, the Alliance of Independent Authors, recently did a survey, and the results are in. And uh, what do you what do y'all think about it? Definitely shows why medians are more useful than averages. Talk about that. Uh, so the median income was a little over 12,000 and the average was over 80,000 because you have got some authors who are making absolute bank. Um, so you'll want to go with the median, which is the, the literal middle of the set of numbers. Um, yeah, so authors are, authors are really good at words, but they're not always good at, at math and statistics and things like that. Could you explain a little bit about Yeah, I thought they were the same thing. I got to be honest. <laughs> I felt uh, that they were like, what's the mean? I was like, what's the average? And they're like, what's the median? I was like, that's also the average. Like, what's, what about the minimum and maximum? I'm like, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the average. Actually. So, <laughs> so mean is an average, and that's just all the numbers added up and divided by however many there are in the set. So if there's 100 authors polled, it'll be all of their incomes divided by 100. I think it's mean. They call it mean if it's just the average. <laughs> Isn't that the average? Mean is average. <laughs> okay. Median is is not median would be the 50th <laughs> number in the set. Um and so Oh, that's yeah. different. I yeah. I own sophomore math now. <laughs> um so if you're looking at averages, usually there's a big skew because you can only make the lowest amount you can make is zero, and a lot of authors are earning zero or up to 1K, but then two or three authors earning millions of dollars can wildly throw off the average. 
because um, you can just skew towards the top so much more. Um, and so that's why medians are useful or picking out outliers. But once you start picking and choosing your data, things get a little bit weird. So. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That is definitely good because I have noticed that where like sometimes they'll show the average and I'm like, oh, gosh, if, you know, if everyone's making 80,000, the average is 80,000, yeah. oh, that's pretty good. I should dive right in and just, you know, but, um, but I'm not making 80,000 from my, uh, my writing alone. Losers. Yep. I know. <laughs> I'm making a lot more. <laughs> I skewed the average up. That's right. <laughs> I think it's interesting that it says 2,000 authors have surpassed $100,000 in royalties. Uh, that 2,000 number is interesting. That tells me that a lot of people in 20 books are lying. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Talk about that. Talk about lying. <laughs> well, if you take a casual stroll through 20 books, it seems like there are tens of thousands of authors who are killing it out there. And I think a lot of them are not telling the truth. Maybe they're bad at adding, Jim. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they don't understand the difference between mean and median of their own income. <laughs> do, do you see they just saw the eighty thousand dollar average and were like, that must be me. <laughs> yeah, what do you what do you mean? You just blatantly see people lying about their income or well, I just feel like I don't know, I don't spend a whole lot of time on the twenty books website uh, or twenty books Facebook group anymore lately, but I feel like it used to be nothing but success posts. Oh, okay. So it's all yeah, on those. Now, yeah, I don't know if they're lying. I just think that the people with the success yeah. posts get so much more traction. So those are the ones you see. Because um, mm. people are constantly posting things about like what kind of fish they are and stuff like that. And I think that has something to do with like how um, how well you're doing from a revenue perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And people are saying, Oh, I just made it to, I don't know, guppy or trout or whatever. And I think those are like the lower numbers. I see a lot more of that. Um, but you sort of have to scroll down and see, see those things. They don't always just show up. So we could do okay. some numbers. We could, we could search number of posts with whatever the biggest fish is and yeah. down from there. Yeah. Then you'll get blocked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, Dave? Yeah, I, I scanned over this and I was, I, I've, I've uh, sort of colloquially or uh, anecdotally seen the same thing that Jim's seen. I feel like, you know, people are like, I just passed, you know, $1 million this year and here's how I did it. I'm not going to tell you any real details. I'm just going to show you that, uh, you know, I went on TikTok and I did this and I did that and I made a million dollars and the secret is right to market and you know that kind of thing and but you know thinking about thinking back about it i've seen quite a few where people are like hey i just made my first sale you know or i'm at the end here i'm drinking a, a celebratory drink or something like that so these numbers were interesting to me too i think that 12749 12000 dollars is probably way more accurate as far as what most of us most authors are making uh, if, if the average income is 80,000, that's like, uh, like, uh, I forgot who said it, Pippa maybe, or, um, Nick, some people are just making a million gazillion dollars and it's skewing that average way up. So, but it's interesting to note because, you know, the publishing industry on the trad side wants to ignore all of that, um, and say, 
nobody, you know, these ebooks are failing, they're going away, they're not going to sell and that kind of thing. So it's nice to see a little bit of a, a little bit of reward for our work. Yeah, the problem I have with this, um, <clears throat> th this is exceptional work from Ally and I expect nothing less. However, this is all self-reported, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the challenge and that's why, well, I, I think the TradPub world wants to ignore this, don't get me wrong, but I think that's a major reason to ignore something like this. On the TradPub side, you have Nielsen in the US at least and some other countries that will report this kind of stuff and, and you'll be able to book scan. Like there's ways to see actual sales, you know, of, of a certain ISBN. Um, Amazon et al are not releasing that information. They're not telling you what indie books sold and how much. So it has to be self-reported. Uh, and I'm not accusing all the authors of lying, but I'm accusing some of them of lying. So, you know, I mean, and then I, I also don't know the financial integrity of, Joe Schmo indie author like how do they know what their income is are they interpreting it the same way I'm interpreting it are they interpreting it as gross revenue or like profit like Jim was getting to did um, anybody here take the survey I did I took a couple a couple questions of it and then backed out so I did too I so I was I gonna say it. I hope that Ally <laughs> paid attention to where people gave up because a lot of people said that like I couldn't answer that question the way they phrased it. Like right. it was going down the wrong route. So for me, I'm not a full-time author and I'm not trying to be a full-time author. I make money on my books, but I also make money on coaching and right. I have courses and right. I do contracting work for people. And some of them are vaguely writing related, but it's not like, you know, it's like, um, Christine, Catherine Rush, and Dean Leslie Smith say they, you know, like, oh, here's all the writing we do. And it's like some of it's a bookstore. Well, that's not writing. I mean, I'm not saying that they imply that that's writing. But for some people, they say, oh, look how much money they make. Well, they're not saying that. I mean, they're not going, okay, I make $300,000 a year because I own a bookstore and a publishing company and stuff like that. That's writing. It's writing related. And when I to got the IRS, it may be, but you're exactly right. Like when it comes to a survey, we're trying to figure out how much you make from self publishing directly, even adjacent efforts, like doing a cover for someone else. I would allow that, but like, you're exactly right. Like if you, oh, you own a bookstore. Well, I don't know that that counts, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think this is trying to get to the bottom of how much does an author make or how much could an author make? Right. So if somebody wants to come into this and says, Hey, I want to be an author. I'm going to read this thing. Like, Oh, I can only make $12,000 a year. Like, I know it's not saying that specifically, but, um, and, and there's people in there that say, oh, you know, I also have courses for authors and I love them to that in and I have, you know, I train authors and I do marketing for authors. Like, is that lumped in? It wasn't super clear and they didn't really differentiate that. So I kind of backed out. And also, like, there was a point I don't even remember at what point I backed out, but it asked a question like, are you a full time author or part time author? And then like all your author related stuff. I'm like, I just can't answer that the way they phrased it. So yeah. I gave up and other people reported that it was the questions were too long and complicated and didn't ask Wording a lot of those questions. Yeah, um, I feel like they didn't. I feel like they could have hired a professional survey writer. I've said it before. Survey is a science. It's a four year degree. At least it needs to be because there's a lot, all kinds of crap like that. Like people don't think about the way you phrase a question has a lot of impact on the answers you're going to get. And we all, we obviously know yeah, that you can misconstrue statistics all day, but like, for example, I took an international thriller writers um, uh, survey that they sent out about AI and the questions were like, 
how do you feel about AI and why is it the worst thing ever that's going to kill us all? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, what the fuck, guys? Like, Jesus, like, tell me, tell me what to well, say. Well, that's also part of say. That's part of why it's a science. That's what I'm saying. It's, and it needs to be, yeah. it needs to be well, done. I mean, if you're it, trying to be a, a, a unbiased, you have to do it a certain way. That is very. Oh, no, no. I meant like learning how to be biased in a survey. That, I know, I know. And I'm saying, so you also need to know that in order to be unbiased. <laughs> right? You need yeah. the science for either way. Like, obviously, politicians can hire a statistician and a survey guy who understands how to do this so that they can bias the results. But either way, you can't just throw up a survey and be like, do you like me? And then send it to people on your mailing list who obviously already like you because they're on your mailing list. And then be like, 99% of people like me. That's <laughs> not how that works. Yeah, I, I feel like there's another aspect that it keeps coming up in these things. Oh, how can an author survive on $12,000 a year, right? How can anybody survive on this? This is poverty. And I've seen that year after year with all the different surveys, whether it's the one from the UK that keeps coming around year after year, focused on traditional or this one with the, where it has more indie information in it. But it's such that is like that is not the right question. I mean, that's not the right conclusion that we come from this because it would be like if you took a survey of plumbers, right? And you said, oh, like, oh, these, how can a plumber only survive on $12,000 a year? He wouldn't. Like, if he was only making $12,000 a year, he would go do something else. Like, that's not his, that's not his, I mean, that's his or her thing. So, like, the thing is that, like, authors are a different thing. It's like, I'll bet if you do painter, like paint, not house painters, because house painters probably much more. But I mean, if you're like, uh, did a survey of artists, right, the numbers would probably be lower or, or similar, because like, you're trying to do these things. And until a, a certain point, if you're not going to make enough money, you're not going to keep trying to do it as a full time author. So these numbers are also skewed because of the type of thing this is. And there, there's not a there's not a right to 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 make a living as an author, right? I mean, if there was, there would be so many more bad books because everyone would be like, "Oh, I want to be an author too," and like, there's a right to do it. Give me my minimum wage salary, and um, they'd be totally happy doing it. And all those books would go out really bad, really bad books. Um, so I don't know. There's like not this. There's no right. To make the to make more money, you have to make more money. Yeah, I will agree. And this is I don't even think this is covered in the survey, but I will agree that um, that we don't make enough money on the books in general. Um, in some instances, like I think indie authors, it's fairly it's pretty audiobooks aside. I think it's pretty fair the numbers that we get based on the platforms that are going out there. Maybe not kin KU, but in you know in general, if you're making royalties or quote unquote royalties, but for traditional publishers, it's not. I mean, the numbers aren't right. So I agree with that. The numbers could be better. The numbers could be higher. We could be making more for what we do when the book is good. But when the book isn't good, yeah. You know, yeah. either make your book good, find, figure out how to market it, or do something else. This is Roland, by the way. If anyone wants to hate me, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how my distinctive my voice is, but uh, but I, you know, I just want people to write good books, market well, and be, go into this realistically. Like 
people act, I mean, I'm gonna, this is such a rant, like people act like, oh, I should be able, I mean, why do I have to pay money to do these things? Like, why do I have to pay money? It's not right that I have to pay for a book cover. That's ridiculous. I mean, you can't start like a, if you wanted to be um, a coffee roaster, you have to buy a roaster, right? You have to get a permit. You have to do all these things. If you want to be a carpenter, you have to buy tools, right? If you want to be a plumber, you have to buy tools. You have to do marketing. You have to do all these things. The author business has probably the lowest barrier of entry except for skill and talent and drive and perseverance. But it's still, there's no right to a minimum. Mm -hmm. yeah. Slash rant over. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I don't think we're going to talk that rant. Roland's going to cool down. <laughs> I know. I know. Anyone else have anything in, any more? Uh, we're not allowed to say "beat a dead horse" anymore. That's not politically correct. But anyone uh, want to do that? <laughs> I don't think you should beat horses. No, no. This one, oh, that's my dead, opinion. Dude. Surveys say that too many horses are beat. Yeah. All right. Well, that one's been ridden hard and put away wet. <laughs> That's way more offensive than beating a dead horse. <laughs> oh, is it? Actually, oh. is yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not nice to the horse to put it away wet. I mean, you're supposed to like, you know, what's the? I think this hole is getting much deeper, and that may be offensive. Man, too. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of offensive, <laughs> Nick, you had some... <laughs> there was an interesting discussion going around Facebook the last couple of days, and uh, about about opinions on AI. And I've seen so many opinions; like people are opining on AI left and right, and some of it I agree with, some of it I don't. But the bottom line is that, in my opinion, I mean, it's coming one way or another. So you can't just stick your head in the sand or you can or, and you can. But then the, everyone else is going to pass you by. <laughs> yeah. 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 You have to acknowledge it. You have to, you know, there's no legislation to take a pause. <laughs> that's, gonna, that's the funniest one that I saw. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you <clears throat> you've seen that you disagree with? that i disagree with um well yeah it's no fun to just agree with stuff so what do you what's the one you disagree with I disagree with um people are saying that that books are never going to that uh that, that's the technology to write a book that a lot of people will like to read will, is not going to be capable ai is not going to be capable of doing that hmm. and i think that's absolutely not true because you know, there's a lot of books. I'm not saying that a lot of, there are a lot of bad books out there, but there are books that are sort of like a minimum viable content. They might have a really <laughs> good, they might have a really good story. They might have really good characters, but you know, maybe they don't have the best editing. Maybe they don't have the best grammar. Maybe there's like a little broken things, broken um, jumps between chapters or story elements, but something about them has made them resonate with the readers and I think that's still possible with AI. And I mean, will those books hold up? Will people be writing like, you know, will they be the classics that are being banned in a hundred years? Um, probably not, but they'll be like the Harlequin romances that like, you know, like 
people read these, you know, romance, these Harlequin romances. Like my mom had huge stacks of, I don't think they were Harlequins, but huge stacks of these romance books. I don't, you know, later on, I don't think she remembered which was which, but she just remembered that she liked that big stack and they were all fun to read, right? So she kept buying them. She didn't know who wrote them. She knew where to buy them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. AI is definitely coming. It's inevitable. And all, all the nailing, the uh, the wailing and gnashing of teeth is going to do very little. Um, but a lot of people have understandably very emotional responses to this um, because they're worried about their gerbs getting taken by machines. Um, you know, like Nick brought up a few weeks ago, the point, it was an excellent point about when Grammarly came out and all the editors freaked out and all those editors still have their jobs. Uh, Grammarly is just another option. AI is just going to become another option. I don't personally think that AI should be allowed to just run unchecked in every corner of the globe. I think there should be government intervention because we've seen irresponsible AIs. I've seen lots of articles about irresponsible AIs doing irresponsible things and being used irresponsibly. Um, so there needs to be some kind of intervention. You know, this all goes back to, uh, uh, like everything else, there's a lesson in this in Star Trek 30 years ago in the next generation when Data wasn't allowed, Data was told he would never be allowed to be a starship captain because a machine couldn't be able to make decisions about human lives. And so somebody needs to be keeping checks on this AI uh, because it's going to happen. Can't stop it. It's coming. So there needs to be some sort of regulation on it at least. But as far as I know, that it's it's a it's going too fast for really that to happen at this point. Well, Jim, if they haven't figured out that with data three hundred years in the future, like why are we talking about it now? Yeah, what hope do we have? I know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's going to be like that Supreme Court case where they were talking about could it was one of the genetic testing companies could they copyright people's genomes? And so you've got you know people trying to explain to the Supreme Court justices what a various type of acid or compound is like it, this is difficult for <laughs> like we're, we're going to have something like that about well what about this code construction instead of this code construction and oh no yeah we couldn't even understand averages and means and all that kind of <laughs> stuff earlier so like <laughs> yeah i uh, i hate decision. to i hate to piss in people's snow cones here but if if anyone's out there thinking that our congressmen and women are experts in anything other than getting elected, got another thing coming. I trust it far more than I trust our own government. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not saying I'm pro AI either. I'm just saying that <laughs> I would I would leave it to AI, AI to decide what to do with us. I would not. We can't even figure out what to do with guns, guys. Come on, what are we gonna do with? Oh, cool, that literally kill people. <laughs> And we're going to let them just make decisions about AI. How's that going to go? And you know, they don't understand if you, okay, go watch Mark Zuckerberg getting interviewed by this. I think it was a, I think it was a congressional committee. It's uncanny. It's just, I mean, the, the, how like wildly out of touch these people are with how things actually work. Is sad. Speaking of AI, are we, are we sure he's not one of the forerunners of I'm convinced robots? <laughs> I thought he was an alien for a long time of the lizard people clan, but mm -hmm. I think he's AI. Anyway, the point is, I I, I don't, I mean, Jim, I wish, I, I wish there was a government entity somewhere on the planet who could actually make these decisions and that I would trust would actually do it in our best interest. I just don't think there is, man. 
And and you're right. There's no one else who should or can. I just don't think it's going to be any. No good will come of it. No, none. No, no good whatsoever. Except they'll they'll get another yacht. So, you know, I guess it's good for them. I mean, if, you, if we have a legislation about what can be done, how to check it, and stuff like that, like like maybe we'll follow the legislation here in the United States. But you know. Really? You don't think they're just going to out... Okay, so okay, you guys can't use... Like the one that was coming through the pipe. Like we can't use GPUs for training a, a, large, a large language model. Well, right. so they just use something different in the legislature. No, I, no I, I understand. But I'm saying like in the best case scenario here, like let's say we decide, okay, we'll follow the legislation. Like there's nothing to stop Russia or China or India or like, you know, North Korea like from like, oh, screw them. Like we're just, you yeah. know... Right, which that. means the U.S. absolutely will not. The Department of Defense will come in and say, well, you guys legislate all you want. We're going to keep researching this because we have to in order to keep right. up with the bad right. guys. Yeah, I mean, somebody said there was a, this, this. I mean, I was serious when somebody was trying to get me or made some sort of a, it was probably a change.org petition, but it was like real, like real, like scientists and stuff saying, we need to have like a six year or 90 day or whatever, six month moratorium on development of AI yeah, Elon Musk so we can figure that. out what's going on. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, no one else Why is going to do that more. No one else is going to do the moratorium. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Nope. Right. We're going to have like the retarded AI compared to like all the other worldwide. Six years behind. Hello. <laughs> no, I think I was held back. We're going to end up with Clippy <laughs> while everyone else has I know I'm big nine. for my age. I'm just big exactly. For my age. Like, it looks like you're trying to write a letter and like chat GPT nine is over there and like, you know, the yeah. UK doing awesome stuff. So Jim brought up Star Trek. So I'll bring up Battlestar Galactica, which is, you know, the, the, the most recent Battlestar Galactica, which is not so recent these days, but you know, like, they, you know, they said, hey, no more development of AI, no more development of AI. Well, I mean, the Cylons went off on their own and they continued to develop their own AI. And then, you know, they came in and flipped a switch and everything was you know, just turned off on the other side. Like they hacked those systems and took everybody down. So and I mean, this is why you don't network your computers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So I, I disagree with the, I mean, I mostly disagree. I think like it's, I disagree with the people who say that, you know, we shouldn't allow it or Amazon shouldn't allow it. There's, there will literally be no way for an algorithm to detect whether something is written by AI. Correct. I mean, I mean, even like there was a, an article about how some schools are using this program, which will try to detect whether a, something was written with AI or not. And it was detecting students work that was, that they could tell was that they knew for somehow, I don't know how they knew for a fact, but they are saying we knew for a fact that this was not written by an AI and this software still detected it as AI. Um, <clears throat> I had a buddy who commented on my, my rant I went to high school with, and he's now a high school uh, history geography teacher. And uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, and um, he was telling me how it's okay. We're going to have technology that can, you know, check the essays and make sure that they're not written by AI. And then he said, and if we don't have that, I know I can tell. And I was like, this, oh my God, you know, he's, and he's one of these guys that was going, well, I know I can tell I'm, I'm really good at being able to tell. And every, um, every it's like ITS had an apostrophe. Or if, if it was supposed to be it is, it didn't have an apostrophe. 
um, or whatever. It was like the, every, every single one of them, every single one of them was wrong. It was the opposite. Hmm. And I was like, oh, he's right. He's an idiot. And he's teaching other idiots how to be more of an idiot. And that's how he's going to tell because he's going to get these essays that aren't idiot. And he's going to be like, this was AI. It's too good. He's from Texas. And that's what, that's what you can expect. Too good. I didn't say anything. I just was like, like, well, Well, I think our, our real problem, I'm sorry, Jim, go ahead. Our real problem will be when the ex machina moment hits us and the AI is in some sort of, you know, robot physical form that we cannot tell is not a human being. And that fools us. Um, you know, that's the, the whole Turing test is, you know, can a machine fool you into thinking that it's not a machine? And um, that's where we're, we're borderline right now. You know, you can tell it's a machine because it's, it's on your computer and it's just text and things like that. But, you know, we're getting, we're going to go to another story here in a few minutes. That's going to touch on this, but it's interesting how, Right now, it's it feels safer because it's just something we can put into the computer and we can turn it off. It's an and, alarm, um, right? yeah, it's 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 something that feels not real. It's not you know it's, they they can't hurt us you know and like you said, it's not networked. But when it, what's going to happen when it you know tricks you into turning on the network? So <clears throat> it's good. It's, it's kind of right, scary. Man. It's kind of exciting, but. It's the uncanny valley, right? Remember that? It's the yeah. whole idea of like the more, like the closer to real humans things look, the creepier it gets. Um, and <laughs> I, I was like, I, I don't know, guys. Like I've seen some humans where I'm like, Mark Zuckerberg. I don't, I don't know. This is kind Mark of I'm having an uncanny valley moment right here, and I'm pretty sure you're a human. But I think we're already there, I man. It's like the human Turing Turing test is. Uh, I think it's upon us. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are some things where like you cannot. So like I, I, somebody said, you just start using chat GPT and just play around with it and see what you can do. So I said, you know, I said, write a bio for Roland Denzel. And it's a little bit embarrassing, but it said, Roland Denzel is not famous enough for me to know. So please tell me something about, about Roland. So I said, all I said was Roland Denzel is a health, Roland Denzel is a health coach. And it with no pause. Well, it's a computer pause, I'm sure, but no pause to me. It immediately spat out a bio talking about podcasts that I'd been like immediately knew, like just based on saying Roland Denzel is a health coach. It, and it was a pretty good bio, pretty good bio. Like, what would a non-famous health coach be? Oh, he'd probably do a bunch of podcasts. <laughs> no, it talked about my books. It talked about my books. <laughs> and like, so like it knew, it put my titles of my books down. And like, so it knew, it knew my website. You know, so like it immediately went out and got that information. That's correct. Right? So I didn't realize that. So it, mm-hmm. you weren't part of the corpus it was trained on, but it does know how to Google on its own. It does know how yeah. to search the internet now. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's one really of the things fast. that I've been using yeah. for, like when I'm setting a new urban fantasy book or something, I'll just say, you know, what were the most popular surnames in this area in these years? And I'll go Google them, come back. Oh, that's a good use. It's, and if it can yeah, make research nice. quicker, that would be uh, pretty cool. Yep. Not real research, but important, but like character name research, that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Interesting. You know, Dave, you mentioned another one, the next story. You're talking about the dead voices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's just jump to that. We're, you know, we've kind of, uh, that's a good transition. Um, why don't you kick us off there, Dave? Yeah, so the the story is uh, telling you about the um, 
the the use of a dead person's voice uh, to narrate a book or a, I guess a commercial or whatever, you know, to 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 actually take this person's voice sample known recordings or known existing movies and radio and whatever audio they have. And the AI takes that and creates new audio from that voice. Um, you know, we're all used to AI voices not sounding legit and, you know, sounding fairly, fairly computerized. And, you know, we all have Siri and Alexa and all that stuff. And uh, this is, this is the next step. Um, you know, we've just, we've started dabbling into deep fake videos where people are not, you know, they're, they're de-aged or they're, it's not even that person. They're just putting the face over uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, you know, that kind of thing. So that's the, that's the next phase where, you know, now you pick up the phone and you think it's, you know, you think it's uh, Donald Trump calling you. <laughs> telling you very important things to do, you know, or Elon Musk, and you can't tell, you can't tell the difference. I can tell. Yeah. I mean, I knew, <laughs> I knew you could tell. They don't use the safe word. <laughs> My friend from high school can tell. He knows. He knows. <laughs> yeah. Well, James Earl Jones, he, I mean, he's, he is not dead. Right. But he, oh, thank God. I was wondering where I was like, wait, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> But he licensed his voice to, I mean, yeah. to a company. I don't know whether it's specifically to Disney, but he licensed his voice so people can use, so his people can use his voice, and his family can continue to get um, money based on his voice um, going forward. So he doesn't have to continue to voice Darth Vader or you know Lion King Seven, you know, flashbacks that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and I remember Mark Lefebvre and Joanna Penn both used a service where they were, had something uh, like an AI voice train on their voices from their podcasts oh, and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And they did a, and then they, they typed it all in and had a conversation back and forth. And it was a little, it was a couple of years ago and it was a little bit rough back then, but if they didn't tell you, I would have just thought it was an awkward conversation where they were sort of reading the script instead of, instead of talking to the, to each other. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, so I mean, Dave. I mean, I mean, my. I mean, I. I think in this case, is this going to be a big problem? Do you think? Uh, it feels like it. You know, I'm not even talking about the um, the voice actors, narrators, people that make their living doing this. That it's obviously a problem for them, but you know the the creation of entertainment content is probably not our biggest issue or not my biggest issue with it. The fact that you can, you know, now tell someone on the street that, uh, you know, a fake politician number one said this, and here's a recording. Um, you know, now you're, now you're playing with things that are extremely difficult to, yeah, I don't know how you regulate that. I don't know how you prove that that's not a real recording. I don't know if there's a way to tell eventually there won't be any way to tell. Um, I've heard, I've, I've heard recordings of someone I know that are based on their voice and it is indistinguishable from their voice. This is not, you know, a, a, an actor playing the part of, you know, Sam Elliott or whatever. This is, this is this person's voice and AI has been trained to sound like it and it sounds 100% legit. 
-hmm. So the danger there is now like you could make this person say anything you want them to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I have my vocal clone that I've been using for my audiobooks, and I've had everything past QC through audible and those books are for sale as audiobooks. They, they don't know the difference. It sounds really, really good. I'm probably going to end up inside of a blow up doll at some point. <laughs> don't poke what me there. Do with, what you do with your personal time that's that's on you nick <laughs> yeah. so that's it's like yeah it's great when i'm in control of it but like what happens yeah when i just license it away to some corporation that gets bought by you know acme blow-up dolls incorporated and then starts using all that stuff for you know like nefarious purposes it's hard I'm sure our government will figure it out. Mm. They do such a good job <laughs> protecting us. Well, any parting words, any parting advice for authors that are concerned about AI right now? Do mm. <laughs> never just be afraid. Always now's a good time to panic. <laughs> Run away, run away. <laughs> it's yeah, I mean, I, I've said this before, man. Like, I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm not claiming to know, but you're gonna get left behind if you're not using these tools. If you're okay with that, then that's fine. I'm not telling you that you have to use them. I'm I just we all are. <laughs> we're yeah. we're gonna be using them, you know. And so it's and they're not going anywhere. That that's the thing. I think all these authors they live in this utopian world where if they just don't use them, they'll suddenly go away. And that's just, it's, that's not true. untrue. Yeah. I wish, I mean, I wish it was not true, but yeah. It's true. Yeah. From my perspective, like if you, you gotta build, like if you want to find readers for your books that are not, and you're not just in it to crank out books using AI, if you want to like handcraft your books, artisan books, we're going to call them, right? Um, you may have to find your your group of readers, your super fans, and you have to cultivate them, you got to keep them going. And you have to like, inter make sure that you've got the personality and the characters that that they really want to really want to read, and that they'll keep reading. Um, otherwise, you're gonna have to get on this train where you're just cranking stuff out. And I don't know that people who are in it to be authors, I don't know that that's really their goal. Thanks everybody. It's uh, it's uh, it's been great, and uh, <laughs> little bit ending on a ending on a sort of a sad note. But I think there's some there's still some opportunity right now for authors to you know. But like you can't continue to ignore it. You have to you have to look into it now. See how you are willing to use it, and use it to your advantage to make your books as best you can. And um, put them out as quickly as you can still professionally and uh, you know, get people on your email list. Cause that's how you're going to sell book number two or number three, number four. Mm. If AI could help you with that, I'll bet you wouldn't be complaining. <laughs> yeah. It, it can. Yeah. yeah. Thanks everybody. Have a great week. Thanks for joining me and yeah, us and uh, talk to you about the news uh, next week. <laughs>